Welcome to Carefully Examining the Text. And in today's broadcast, we are on Psalm 67. The title says, For the choir director with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. You notice that the heading of Psalm 67 does not have the name of David, just like the title of Psalm 66 did not have the name of David. I would add, though, that the Greek translation, the first Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, does have David's name in the title. But this is Psalm 67. God be gracious to us and bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us, Salah, that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you will judge the peoples with uprightness and guide the nations on the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. One writer said, if there is ever a psalm that is based upon God's promises to Abraham that through you I will bless all nations, it is this psalm. Psalm 67 seems to emphasize God's blessings on the nations. The nations are pictured here not in a hostile way. Sometimes in the book of Psalms, the nations are viewed as hostile to God and his purposes. For example, in Psalm 2, in verse 1, why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a vain thing? The nations and the peoples were planning and plotting rebellion against God and against God's Messiah. So sometimes the nations are viewed as hostile to God in the Psalms, and sometimes God is called upon to judge the nations in the Psalms. In Psalm 59, in verse 5, You, O Lord of God of hosts, the God of Israel, awake to punish all the nations. Do not be gracious to any who are treacherous in iniquity. Selah. Psalm 59.5 called on God to judge the nations. But in Psalm 67, it is a situation unlike Psalm 2, unlike Psalm 59. Here the nations are pictured as being open to God's instruction and ultimately praising or magnifying His name. God be gracious to us and bless us and calls his face to shine upon us, as verse 1 states. Now, the words of Psalm 67, 1 tie closely to the priestly blessing, to the blessing that Aaron pronounced on the people in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Here a call that God be gracious, God bless us, and God calls his face 
to shine upon us. In the book of Psalms, when God's face is shining upon us, it is a cause of great blessing. It is a reason for all kinds of good things. You see this particularly in Psalm 80. In Psalm 80, you see three references to God's face shining upon us. In Psalm 80, verse 3, O God, restore us, cause your face to shine upon us, and we will be saved. The same idea is repeated in Psalm 80, verse 7, Psalm 80 in verse 19. In each of these psalms, you see an emphasis on God's face shining upon us. In contrast, when God's blessings are taken away, God is said to hide his face. For example, in Psalm 13, verse 1, how long will you hide your face from me? In Psalm 104, when God takes away his blessings, the creatures are uh, dismayed and ultimately perish. By the way, it's interesting that in Psalm 67, verse 1, they ask that God bless the people. Psalm 66, verse 20, had closed with pronouncing a blessing upon God. Blessed be God, Psalm 66, verse 20 says. But God calls his face to shine upon us and bless us. And notice in verse 2 that the purpose of God causing his face to shine upon us is not simply that we will enjoy God's blessings. But in this psalm, the purpose is that God might win the nations to him, that God's name, God's greatness, God's power, and God's salvation will be known to the nations Verse 2, that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all the nations. They ask God to bless them, to make his face to shine upon them. He asked God for this so that God's ways and God's salvation may be made known. It's fascinating how often you see the Bible telling us that God acted in Scripture in order that all nations might know of him, might know of his power. In Exodus 9, in verse 16, the reason God raised up Pharaoh is to show through him his power, his presence to all nations. In Joshua 4, verse 24, the reason that God dried up the waters of the Jordan so that Israel could cross over is that all nations might see his power. In 1 Samuel 17, in verse 46, God was going to give David victory that all the nations might know that the Lord is God. You also see this in 1 Kings 8, verses 41 through 43, in God answering the prayer of the foreigner who comes to the temple to pray because he's heard of the greatness of Israel's God. The request is made by Solomon that God answer his prayer and show all nations that he is God. And God answered Hezekiah's prayer to defeat the Assyrians to show that God was greater than all the other gods, 2 Kings 19 
in verse 19. He asked God, be gracious to us. Make your face shine upon us that your way may be known on the earth and your salvation among all the nations. And this will lead to all peoples and all nations praising God. The word translated praise in the New American Standard in verse 3 twice and twice in verse 5 is a word that's often translated give thanks. It is the word used in Genesis 34. Uh, Genesis Genesis 29, verses 34 and 35, when Leah gives birth to her fourth child, she names him Judah and says, I will praise the Lord. The word for praise there, it's a play on Judah's name, the same word that's used in this particular text. Why is the nations, why are the nations praising God? Why are the peoples exalting him? Well, in verse 4, the Bible tells us the people will be glad, they will sing for joy. And the Bible says, for you will judge the people with uprightness. This word for uprightness was used in Psalm um, 45, Psalm 45, verses 6 and 7, it was used, it's used in Psalm 96, 10 and 13 to talk about how God rules uprightly. There was no higher accomplishment for the king than to do justice and righteousness. The king was so supposed to enforce the proper judgment of wrong and the proper praise of the one who did right. The king was to do justice. The king was to do righteousness. But what we see is here God is praised because God has done that. He's judged the people with uprightness. And verse 4 also says that he guided the nations. The word for guide is the same word used in Psalm 23 in verse 3, where God guides us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's a word used in Psalm 78 in verse 52, when God the shepherd guides us and directs us. God is praised. The nations give him praise. The nations give him glory. They sing and rejoice because God judges and punishes wrong and because God guides the nations to their appropriate destination in the appropriate way. In verse 6, the earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God gives abundant harvest. God gives his people fruitful fields. And God does this in verse 7, so that all the nations, the ends of the earth, might fear him. In verse 2, God makes known his presence to all the earth. In verse 7, he causes all the ends of the earth to fear him. For God to make himself known. For God's name to be feared is here used very in very similar ways in this particular text. But what does God do so that we might praise him, that we might honor him? God judges uprightly, verse 4. God guides the nations, verse 4. And God blesses our fields with abundant harvest.
We live in incredible affluence. That may not apply to everyone who hears these words. But most of us who hear these words, compared to most of the rest of the world, live in fluence, affluence and abundance. And we have to work because these things have been ours all our lives. We have to work at being thankful and grateful to God and not taking our blessings for granted. In the midst of abundant fields, in the midst of fruitful harvest, in the midst of grocery stores that are running over, may we always thank God. Let me read Psalm 67 again. God be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us, Salah that your way may be known on the earth and your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you will judge the people with uprightness and guide the nations on the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. How does Psalm 67 speak of Jesus? In Psalm 67, verse 1, we said it was an echo of Numbers 6 and the priestly blessing, where the Bible tells us that God may cause his face to shine upon us. See those same words in Psalm 67. God commanded light to shine out of darkness in Genesis 1-3 in creation. God shines the light of his face upon Israel in the Old Testament. And God shines the glory of his face. And God shines the brilliant light in the person of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6 compares God blessing Jesus and bringing forth Jesus into the world to God commanding the light to shine out of darkness in Genesis chapter 1. God has caused the light to shine in the person of Jesus Christ. Oh, there were noble Gentiles in the Old Testament. There were people like Ruth and Naaman and Uriah the Hittite who apparently were won over to God and converted to his ways. But that is going to happen on a massive scale through Jesus, as he's going to bring all people and all nations through him. The light will truly shine in the midst of our dark world in the person of Christ. The text also tells us that in Psalm 67 that that. He begs God to be gracious, for God to shine his light upon us, for God to make his way known, his salvation known. God's grace and God's salvation are preeminently displayed in Jesus and in the cross of Jesus. These are the ultimate signs of his grace. And they bring salvation to all nations. Jesus said in John 12 and verse 32, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. 
In Revelation 5, verse 9, we find people from every nation, tribe, and tongue praising the Lord. In Revelation 7, verses 9 and 10, the same thing. They are giving glory to the one on the throne and to the Lamb. All nations praise God because of the salvation that He has brought in Jesus. We stated that Psalm 67 is built on those promises to Abraham that through you, through your seed, all nations of the earth will be blessed. But Jesus is the ultimate heir of Abraham through whom his promises are fulfilled, through whom God's promises are fulfilled. In Acts 3.25, we see Peter preaching that. In Galatians 3, verses 7 and 8, Paul proclaims that. The ultimate seed of Abraham, through whom all nations are blessed, is Jesus. Galatians 3, 7 and 8. And Galatians 3, verse 16 says this. And through the salvation that Jesus brings, Jews and Gentiles can praise God together. As the salvation that God brings in this text, it says, Let the peoples praise you. Let the peoples praise you. Verse 3, verse 5, almost identical verses. Psalm 117. Psalm 117 is the shortest of all psalms. And in that psalm, the, the psalm opens with, with a call for, for Gentiles to, to, praise, to praise God. The text says in Psalm 117, Praise the Lord all nations, laud Him all peoples. That's quoted in Romans 15 verse 11. Romans 15 in verses 9 through 12 quotes some passages from Psalms, some passages from Isaiah, some from Deuteronomy to stress Jews and Gentiles praising God together. And just as that same picture in Psalm 7, 117 is specifically quoted in Romans chapter 15 and applied to Jesus so certainly. Psalm 67 finds its fulfillment in Jesus as well. Psalm 67, the ultimate display of God's grace and God's salvation, are Christ and His cross. The ultimate display of light that God gives us is through Jesus and His cross and resurrection. The ultimate display of His salvation comes in his fulfillment of the promises of Abraham and his calling all nations to be his disciples. We thank you for listening, and may the Lord continue to bless you.